0: Hello and welcome back to Glass Jewel Decade. Today I am talking with one of my favourite people, the very talented Piero Neal Me. Piero is a London based actor who's worked in both TV and theatre. His most recent credits include the part of Shakespeare in the UK tour of Shakespeare and Love, adapted for the stage by Lee Hall and said by critics to have lived up to its Oscar winning 1998 on screen counterpart. The Royal Shakespeare Company's exhilarating and timely political drama, Imperium, which received a plethora of five-star reviews, and he played the fantastically funny and filthy Frenchman, Christophe, in parts one and two of Hilary Mantel's Wolf Hall and Bring Up the Bodies, which, after its great success in the UK, was then transferred to New York, where, if that wasn't impressive enough, this play sold out at the Winter Garden, which is a venue widely considered too large for plays, as it has more than 1,500 seats. So make of that what you will. Basically Piero is very cool and has done some very cool things and is only 25 and basically I think you're all going to really enjoy this episode so here we go. Um, I would just like to make a small disclaimer in that I'm pretty sure I forgot to put the microphone on when I was recording this episode. Um, and also there is a washing machine um, noise at the end so yeah. Enjoy.
1: Hi, I'm Piero. I'm I'm 25. Are you? 25. Yeah. What did you think I was?
0: Like 28. I was actually worrying that you might be like edging into your 30s. Oh no! I'm.
1: I'm. Whoa! No, I'm 25. So I'm like actually bang midway through. It's perfect. I'm an actor. Have been for a while um, since I was 13. Weirdly.
0: How did you get into it?
1: I. Well, I I always did plays at school. And was what when
0: you were twelve and eleven? When I was
1: like, <laughs> yeah, literally since I was about nine. Um, actually, before I just always did it. It was always something I really loved. And then I did a play at school when I was thirteen. Right. And my art teacher's husband came to watch it with my art teacher. <laughs> and yeah, he was starting an agency, or he was—he was an agent at the time. I think starting a new agency.
0: Okay.
1: And yeah, approached me after the show.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. What did he say? He said, fucking <laughs> come on board, mate. Did he? Yeah, smashed it. Ernie's Incredible Hallucinations was the
0: play. The Animate, play Ernie's Animate. Incredible Hallucinations. Ernie's Incredible
1: <laughs> Hallucinations. I never know, it's hallucinations or hallucinations. hallucinations.
0: It must be hallucinations. Hallucinations.
1: Yeah, oh, basically. Sweet. So, yeah, big thanks to Alan Aitborn.
0: That is so brain. lucky.
1: It was, re- well, that's the thing, it's like unbelievably lucky because every- most people that I work with, most people who are actors have trained gone to drama school. Yeah. Which is usually like a, a conduit to basically getting an agent. That's why people go to drama school. So yeah. when people find out that I haven't, it's a bit of a, how the hell did Very you nice. do that? And yeah. What on earth happened there?
0: I mean, yeah, it is quite a rare thing. So yeah. then what happened?
1: Um, then what happened after that? I just, I'd worked a bit through my, my teens, through school. I mean, it was quite hard going being at school and also working, but I get, like, probably on average, I get, like, one job a year. I did like, TV jobs, so I do, like... I was always in, like, a family drama. I was always the youngest kid who was sort of, like, embroiled in this drama and didn't know what was going on. I was always... Yeah, just, like, a confused teenager. If they needed... Basically, if they needed, like... If a show needed, like, a, a sad-looking teenager, they'd come to me, basically. So I did that for, like... Yeah, I did, like, TV, but I never really took it seriously. I never really knew what I was doing. I was a bit... It was just, like, a excuse to get out of school, really.
0: That's so fun.
1: Yeah, it was fun. It was, I mean, I never, had, like, I never felt any pressure or, or anything because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. But I look back at some of the things I did as a kid and I'm like, that fucking boy does not always do. It. I'm just like sitting there. I'm looking around, basically, trying to figure things out. So, yeah, but then I, I left school. Um, and so I was about 17, 18. And I sort of wasn't working as much. wasn't really concentrating on it, I suppose. I, I, it was just always there. I didn't really feel like I had to focus on anything. I was more focusing on like, having a good time after school. I didn't really think about career or anything.
0: Mm.
1: Um, but then I started auditioning for theatre more. And um, I started getting a bit of traction. So I've been doing theatre, really, for the past like seven years, I guess. I've been doing shows with a bit of TV and sort of here and there. But yeah, mostly plays.
0: And how come... Do you, so do you prefer being in plays or the TV side of things?
1: I, I prefer being in, I think I prefer being in plays... But also, I don't think I've done enough of a, like a variety of TV jobs to be able to have a proper opinion on it. I just do theater more. I think sometimes they're they're like two slightly separate worlds within one big world. Right. Okay. So sometimes you get you just get known more like like casting directors cast you. get to know they usually casting directors usually cast TV or theater. There's some people who do both, They okay. usually will get known in one sector more than in the other. So I I have like a relationship with theater directors. And so I, I end up getting that work more seen for theatre. Okay, because
0: like, you come to mind quite m- more. One
1: yeah. yeah, and it's easier for my agent to pitch me theatre because they know me. Whereas with TV, I don't really have as much like a of a foothold in TV. So I don't really do it as much. So I can't really have an opinion on what I do more because when I do do TV now, it's never like big roles, or like you never feel like you're in like a big family. You just you're jumping in the middle of something. It's quite hard to know what you're doing. Really.
0: Okay, yeah, because actually, you no. Know, for a lot of things, they don't film them in chronological order, do they? Or if no, if not really. no. And if you're not like a regular in a series or something, I mean, you really are just stepping in to be like, hey. for sure, for sure, <laughs> and they're fucking off. And sometimes of
1: they're like directors who just don't, who don't know, who don't know the whole story really, and who don't know
0: even the director. Some
1: directors, I don't really. Yeah, they're just trying to make it look good or, or, or trying to get exact scenes working
0: how do they make it look so harmonious
1: because sometimes in a series you get three or four directors in a series i mean they will oh, know okay. the sort of overarching thing but sometimes it's not even written like i've done series where you're doing the whatever you're in the first episode and they don't know what your character is going to be doing in the third or fourth episode so you're like well what the fuck am i meant how am I to do that
0: i, I was to ask about the royal shakespeare company um, what, what was that
1: no, not really. So, they don't really do that anymore. So, back in the day, they used to have like a rep company, so you'd be part of the company. You spent three years there doing loads of plays. Okay. But now they're more of just like a production. And So, they're just like, you get cast for certain productions. But then you do form a relationship with them, so you do go back more. So, I've, I've been in about three shows for the RSC. But So, I did, I did Wolf Hall, was the first major thing I did. Yeah. So, that was an adaptation of these two books, adaptation of these two books by Hilary Mantel which are amazing I, I was that 19 I had absolutely moved I mean I was, you
0: I, I was 19 when I started no It way, mm. was about six six years ago
1: because
0: mm. I remember my mum and dad going off to see you yeah I
1: mean it went off for ages it went off about two yeah. years um we did Stratford, Ponyven and then to the West End yeah and then to New York but there were like slight breaks in between so yeah. in all it was about two years yeah
0: so it was a touring thing
1: uh, less of a t- touring thing, more just transferred places. So if you get if a show goes down one well and it's going to make money in the West End, they take it to the West End. People put money behind it to go to the West End and it, it sold really well in the West End. So uh, New York produces well, as put it in Broadway.
0: Yeah, well, people are really excited because she's got a new book coming well, that's just come out.
1: Yeah, Mirror and the Light.
0: Mirror and the Light. Yeah. Um, and it's huge. Yeah. And it's twenty five quid. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's uh,
1: physically massive. Yeah. yeah, it is absolutely. I was in
0: um, I was in Waterstones the other day and I picked it up and I was like, I can't afford it and I don't really want to have to carry it around. I
1: literally, literally <laughs> this thing around. Yeah, I um, did the exact same thing. I was like, I'm gonna buy it now. I was like, No, I'm not. <laughs> absolutely then, not. I look at it, i was like, oh, Fuck. It's, I haven't read the second.
0: every day on like social media, I'm seeing people being like, Oh, so excited to read this. Like, it's gonna be great. Yeah. It's the book of the year. But. Yeah, it's just so. It's huge. It's a chunky boy. It's I mean,
1: it's, been, it's a chunky, <laughs> chunky <laughs> boy. It's been in the works for fifteen years. No, it hasn't. Yeah, I think the the second one came out fifteen years ago. I think.
0: Oh yeah, because I think I read something online about how um, someone criticised her for not like hurrying up and finishing it. Yeah, it's like come on, mate, like, <laughs> Give her anyway. some time. Yeah.
1: But she worked really closely with us in the theatre job.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Is she a historian? How do you write that kind of? I, she I think she
1: probably. I, mean, I guess. I guess she does. Count as a historian. She she just loves it. She like belongs in that time. She like lives and breathes. Does
0: she? Have you been to time. her house? Oh, I was going to ask. It was a bit sort of. But she lives
1: in the Tudor. Yeah. In the Tudor <laughs> no. She, she just. She just absolutely loves it. And I mean, the, but that's why the books are so successful. Cause she she properly gets into the mind of the lead character, Thomas Cromwell. She's it's like it's like he's. Her. She's him. It's insane, but also she gets. She knows everything about the period. So when we were doing the show, you'd ask her just the most obscure questions about the yeah. period, just for, for background, and she would whip out. The most obscure. It's obs- like she's there. be like, "What currency were the Dutch using at this time?" She'd be like, "Boom!" I mean, like, I don't
0: remember what it was. That, okay, she, that's quite rogue. Yeah, gonna, yeah, she,
1: she knows. Oh, she's a, she's an absolute genius. Yeah.
0: Because the the light and the mirror. Oh, sorry, is it the mirror and the light? The mirror and the light. The yeah. We'll get the next time. <laughs> The Mirror and the Light is about the last four years of Cromwell's death. And no, the yeah, last four years before he dies. Before
1: he dies, yeah. It's a massive spoiler.
0: Sorry. I mean I mean, it's yeah. history, everyone knows. <laughs> um From the Death of Anne Boleyn to Cromwell's own execution. Yeah, yeah. And I read I read that she found she wrote it so slowly because she found writing about Cromwell's execution really emotional.
1: Yeah, she couldn't do it. Although I think it's the first thing she... When she properly started writing, it, I think it was the first thing she did. I remember at the end of the show asking her where she got to. She, she was like, "I've killed him." I was like, "Well, okay." So I killed him. I think she, that was the hardest thing for her to do, and then she managed to then go back from there and then to go up to, up to that point.
0: But like hard because she wanted to give Thomas justice, or like like a, yeah, his death justice, or hard because. She feels emotionally connected to Thomas Cromwell. like
1: Yeah, I think a bit of both, for sure. I think she found it really hard. I think she he was so close to her. You know, it was like God, I suppose it's like finishing the book. I suppose it's like killing killing a huge part of your life.
0: Oh, I sp- yeah, because it's it, it it the end of the, the trilogy. It's the
1: end, yeah. I think I saw a uh, show last night called Hilary Montel, Return to War 4, which was about her finishing the book.
0: They've written a play about her finishing the book. No, they were. T the V <laughs> a TV show. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <a>, no, <laughs>
1: just like literally just getting as many what, plays out they also out. written it's a impossible.
0: play
1: about Hillary going to the toilet? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she. it was about her finishing it. She was like, I could. She's like, she like, I could write so much more about it, but I can't because he's dead. So that's that's that. Yeah.
0: Well, almost like, could she could like, go back and like put sandwich chapters in? Like, to like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, fill yeah, it like, out a bit
1: more. Director's cut. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Imagine. Anyway, um, so you're hoping to be in the next.
1: Oh yeah, fact, if they don't ask me, I'll be furious. I mean, my character's still alive, so.
0: Imagine that would be so personal. If I'd be they didn't ask it would be horrible. It
1: would be absolutely horrible. I'd be in theaters.
0: Do you know what you're a bit? surely if I were you I'd be itching to read the book just to find out what my character does yeah
1: I've heard it has got a good because she got really inspired by us on stage and working with us so there's loads of characters in the new book that are based on the cast so there's like a barge master called Basting's, who's a friend of mine Ben Hastings we call him Basting's. that's so fun so she's written a part called Basting's in the book there's one of our servants called Matthew a friend of mine Matthew's uh, one of the servants in the play so she's written him into the book so I think we really inspired her, and I think Christoph, the part I played, which is this French, this French boy that he picks up in Calais, it sounds dodgy, but not in that way, like he, <laughs>
0: he's,
1: uh, he sort of latches onto Cromwell and he's like, I'm going to be your, your boy, basically, basically he's, like, he's like an orphan child, this kid, and he, Cromwell like, has this massive family, he just takes in people, because he's super rich.
0: Is he a nice guy?
1: Is he a nice guy? I don't know how many kills dozens of people, I guess, is he a nice guy? That's the whole point of the book, is this man a good man or not? I mean, historically, he's seen as like a brute and a bully.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Like a bit of a Dominic Cummins, but if Dominic Cummins would send people to the block. Right. He's sort of, I think he was a, yeah. I mean, he's depicted as a brute. There's a picture of the famous Cromwell picture of him like sitting at his writing desk, where he looks like, yeah, he looks like a fucking boar. He looks like a wild boar, this big, brutish guy. And who's aggressive and ambitious, but I think the books show him as a as a human, as a person who's just trying to. Who who
0: has a little friend called Christoph? He's got this little
1: boy, this little guy, <laughs> Christoph, who <laughs> hangs around with him. He's, he's, yeah, he's got no tact. He says the worst things, but he's like, I yeah. put that aside or now. Uh, but he, I uh, just got a text about coronavirus. Jesus.
0: Oh yeah, That's Texts why not, I'm not in Spain right now.
1: So you've come to come you've gone to, to the busiest city in the world, yeah.
0: I know everyone was like, "Sorry, why are you leaving this tiny village or village town in the north of Spain, where no one has coronavirus, to go to London to go on the shoot. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So I saw Hamilton last week,
0: yeah,
1: you, which I, I can't stop banging on about.
0: I bet you can't. That's amazing. Do you know what I saw? Anne Juliet.
1: Oh yeah, but that's brilliant. I
0: fucking loved it. Yeah, it is. So good.
1: Yeah. And there's another one, Six Paris Great. Oh strong? yeah,
0: I really want to see that as yeah, well.
1: Yeah, I think that's in, a, on, in, in New York. No. Yeah,
0: I keep getting notifications for open auditions they're doing for it. Really? You've
1: got to get involved. Man.
0: No, I'm not. I'm not a strong enough singer. That's
1: my enough. problem. you just built it.
0: Could do the dancing. I actually qualified as a Zimba instructor. Did you? Yeah, and my before problem? Christmas. Because um, I didn't have much going on. Um, and I thought, I was going to these Zumba classes and I thought, you know what? I could do these and get paid to do them yeah so yeah
1: Zumba but I think I friend of mine wrote a play about Zumba
0: I'm No. am so <laughs> Yeah.
1: which
0: is a bit fun but I'm too scared to actually take my own classes so can um, you just get
1: uh, get pals involved just do it for friends yeah. and see mm-hmm. how that works
0: charge like a pound or something
1: Um, I got a Hamilton ticket last week because yeah. my friend's mum her husband won't let her go to London because of Oh. London. so I got a free Hamilton ticket I mean that's like a 150 per ticket and the same happened the week before with okay, Dear Evan Hansen, free ticket, because this guy didn't
0: want to. Okay, well, if anyone offers you another free ticket to one of these things that you've already been to,
1: US, yeah. let me know, hit me up. You were the first I called.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, I know I was gutted when I couldn't go to Hamilton. It
1: is amazing. My girlfriend's getting like properly, properly sick of me playing the soundtrack. She's walking to Ruin, I'm like, She's so D- D- like, D- D- fuck D- sake. D- yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah, yeah. was just like going over like little bits trying to learn the rap. She's like, it's pathetic. I'm like, it's not. It's beautiful. Can <laughs> you okay, do any of the rap? No. Okay. That in the do, you do, a, no. do you want to do a little, no. Uh,
0: little
1: oh, no. something? something? <laughs> no? Saving
0: okay. it. Okay, yeah, all right. Save it for the YouTube channel. YouTube <laughs> <laughs> channel,
1: yeah. Yeah. I was <laughs> some fan club.
0: Right, okay. Well, we've talked about how you wound up doing what you're doing. Yeah. Um... How have your 20s been? That was, oh. that's, this is what the podcast is about.
1: Yeah, my 20s, fuck, mad. I feel like, yeah, I was, I was thinking about this because I knew this was going to be about my 20s and I was trying to think back through my 20s. And I feel like it's been long. I look back to me being 20 and it feels like a decade ago. Are you only
0: 25? I'm only really 25. Really
1: 25. It feels like it's been ages, which actually is like a really nice thing to feel that it's, it's taken its time, but it's been busy, it's been... It's been mad, ups and downs.
0: I remember your twenty-first.
1: My twenty-first was at our uncle's funeral.
0: That was my is 21st so funny
1: because birthday. It, very funny. It was it's hilarious.
0: My twenty-first in three weeks. Oh yeah. And I remember your twenty-first like yeah. it was yesterday.
1: Really? Yeah. Yeah. I see, I, th- I see that as ages.
0: Cause, so we went to my uncle's funeral, yeah. and then afterwards we had a birthday cake. We had yeah. a birthday
1: cake. It was really bizarre. <laughs> and
0: everyone was there, which is...
1: Well, it's quite nice of your whole family Quite there.
0: unusual to have a 21st with your whole family.
1: I suppose it was also it meant it gave people a reason to, to be, put a smile to, to on. To smile. To be, to be cheery. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's a horrible
1: day Funny day. Yeah. It was yeah. <laughs> it's 21st, 21st birthday, man.
0: Crazy. That's
1: so weird, because I just... Yeah, yeah. I knew. So that feels like absolutely... Yeah, yeah years ago but it feels
0: like
1: it's really long I mean I stuff up this like it sort of calms my fears of time going really fast
0: well people do say that your 20s rush past
1: Um. I mean but like, uh, yeah but you say that when you're on the other side because you you know it's 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 easy to look back and be like oh my god I'm already here but also it's like it's taken a hell of a long time
0: yeah
1: you know I think it's quite easy to say god it's gone so fast but I mean, it's the same with everything, you know, you could, the amount of times I've found myself I'd be like, God, this week's gone fast. It was quite slowly, though.
0: Yeah. What, oh, uh, what's that quote? Oh, there's like this, uh, when I was a teenager, there was this book by John Green, and everyone was nuts about it, because it was so romantic, right, and he was, was like, it? falling in love is like falling asleep. It happens slowly, and then all at once. Jesus. <laughs> so, that's how your 20s have been. That's how my 20s A John been. Green quote. Like a romantic
1: John Green novel. Slowly
0: yeah. and all at once.
1: Slowly and all at once. Um, yeah, I suppose that's that's pretty accurate.
0: <laughs> and what would you say have been the biggest learning curves of your twenties? What what have you really learned in the last five years?
1: I don't know. I feel, I feel like I feel like every year I feel like there's been like like dozens of stages, and like some have been like way worse than others. But like time always moves on. I feel like I've learned that like it's all really transient.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, one where you are at one time will be totally different to where you are in six months' at a time. I mean, yeah. things change so fast in your 20s that at times when I've been sort of really sad or, or or like down about something, it's nice to be able to look back now and be like, well, that went super fast. Something else came on the corner really quickly that completely erased that.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. So, I suppose you
1: learn that, like, yeah, it's things, things, but all things must pass. George Harrison, it all...
0: Oh, this too shall pass.
1: This too shall pass. Yeah. Yeah, That's I, I suppose. Because things change. Things change. And I think we as people change massively through our 20s. I think people say, like, the teens is when you change the most of the whole. I mean, yeah, I mean, the teenagers were a fucking shit show. But I think in your 20s, you you change loads. I think from year to year. I think I've got pals now who I, I don't massively recognise from when we were 18, but whether that's me or them, or, or a combination of both. Because I think we all, it's such like an important time because you're, you're knuckling down to doing crazy things. People go to uni, uni changes people, getting jobs changes you. Yeah. Your body starts growing old, your mind starts actually starts changing. Cold. My body's fucking crazy right now. I'm, I'm properly feeling like, shit, I am growing old. I'm only 25, I went for a run the other day, I thought I broke my foot just from like putting it on the ground. <laughs> Honestly, my left foot still isn't the same. And I'm like, this wouldn't have happened five years ago. I don't know what that's going to do,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah, it's, I suppose it's like, yeah, a lot changes very quickly in your 20s, yeah, I no. think your mindset changes loads.
0: No, I can agree with you, because like, for instance, I've just spent the last eight months living in Spain, Yeah. and I come back to London, and it's like nothing's changed, Yeah. but when I'm in Spain, I'm in that like mode, and it feels yeah. like it'll been there forever, and I come back, and it's like, oh, well, that's just a period that's just happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You um, don't know what a period's like until you look back at it, do you? No. When you're like, you could be having like a stressful time and you look back and you're like, ah, that's really nice. Oh my God, yeah. Like, I love being there with those <laughs> people, actually. Yeah. And then something completely, the whole, I mean, I suppose my work, it has been my, might be different for me because my work is like... Oh,
0: your work is quite, your work kind of makes Yes, Yeah, it splits,
1: splits things up a lot. Yeah, yeah so like... You know, when I was doing Wolf Hall, that brought me into my early 20s. I finished when I was late twenties. I think a month or two after I finished, I turned 21. So that like that's a big chunk. But then after that, all the jobs I've had have been like two months here, three months, four months there. In a completely different city with a completely different group of people. And when you're doing a show, you I always have whenever I start a show, I'm always kind of like, remember everyone else, don't you get completely sucked into this but then you've got no control over it and you just do a show, you go somewhere else, somewhere in the country
0: mm.
1: and you get completely absorbed by that, by those people and by what you're doing there in the place that you're in.
0: Does it, does that make having like a relationship or anything quite difficult? Because you're just, yeah, you never so. know where, you, where you're going to be. Yeah, whatever. I mean,
1: yeah, I think so. I, I've never, I don't think I've ever had, a, I've had relationships that have like, I've had relationships with other actors that have probably, I mean, but that's different, I mean, that's like, because like a lack of job or something can send you a bit mad and if you're both out of work or one person gets work it's always quite complicated but i don't think having to go away i mean my girlfriend's about to go away to do a play for seven or eight weeks in north wales okay so it's quite a bit of time away so it is like yeah that is pretty difficult i suppose and like fucking plays are like like petri dishes for relationship breakdowns. The RSC, pe- people call, people call them, people call the RSC the relationship, what is it? The Royal Separation Company. Do
0: People they?
1: call it, yeah. I mean, every, I think every play, every play in the RSC, a major relationship is broken down because someone has sat asleep with someone on Oh,
0: because you all get so close? Because you all get
1: so close. I did a play called The Hypocrite which was actually billed as a sex farce <laughs> where at one point five five couples were created in this play and there was only about 20 of us in the
0: cast. So half
1: half the, the cast were shagging.
0: Have they stayed together? Has that, has it actually worked?
1: One one of the couples that got married, went to their wedding really? last year. Yeah. Um another couple are still going actually after after ups and downs.
0: Okay.
1: After a bit of on and off time. I know the rest fizzled out. Oh no, and another, another couple I think I'm going to get married as well. So actually, it's been, the re- that's a good retention score that for the hypocrite. a
0: very good retention score yeah, considering yeah. it
1: was five relationships. Three out of five. Yeah. It was four. Okay. I think. Should we say it's four yeah. so Let's the retention is even a <laughs> five. Yeah, yeah. So that's a 75% <laughs> yeah, retention yeah. rate. That's <laughs> pretty, that's pretty <laughs> impressive for a show. Sure.
0: Yeah. But Northern Wales like isn't isn't that bad.
1: No, Northern Wales, I mean, it's like a nightmare together. I think I'll go up like twice. It's also the money to get there. It's like a, it's a major okay, right? Fair enough. <clears throat>
0: And I suppose do you do, do you drive?
1: No, no, no I tried. Oh out yeah, of you were trying
0: to learn to drive, weren't you? Yeah. I'm doing that this summer.
1: Really, were well, down in ago? No, I don't down
0: know why. Did Grandpa teach you?
1: Yeah, no. I so I did my driving lessons with uh, at our grandparents' house because I didn't have much money, and it was there. I think because my siblings all got like money to learn how to drive, so I think they were like, "Well, you deserve oh. that as well." So they, so they, God, I went down like once a week for like two months but
0: that's expensive in itself so. so yeah oh
1: my god and then, and then I had this test before I started this play that I then would have been going on to another place I just wouldn't have been able to take the test for another seven eight months and it, it all fucking came down to this test as it does and it fucking went so well and at the end he asked me to park up and I hit the curb as I parked up me.
0: That's not even that bad. Oh, that's man, not was like, gutting. It that's was not gutting. like forgetting to stop a as ever crossing. No, I know. Like,
1: but it's dangerous, because if you hit the Kirby Cougar, board, you can hit someone, apparently it's fucking bad.
0: Oh, my God, my parents... Hit,
1: hitting a pedestrian is apparently a really bad thing. I feel i like
0: <laughs> not that you do that. England, man. Right. I am... Um, yeah, no, I've got my... Society. <laughs> society. Yeah, no, I've, I've got that to look forward to. I just feel like i got to do it. Should I close the door? sooner longer,
1: later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: something that's... Um, right. Said,
1: driving in London's...
0: Manic. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It is stressful. Well,
1: I drive a bike now. I've got a moped, <laughs> and that is. I mean, you see some crazy shit on the road. People. Are mad. Be careful,
0: because I've got a friend whose mum died on a motorbike in a motorbike accident. Accident, even.
1: Shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's a. It's a definite. It's a risky thing. It's, it's a fun. And
0: actually, in the theory of practices I've been doing, like a lot of the questions are like, what do you do? When you, what do you first check for when you're crossing a junction? And it's always, like, motorbike.
1: Oh, God, yeah. Um, Especially in London, because you've got Uber drivers for so are, like, fucking insane. But also, the mad thing about driving a motorbike is you don't need a driver's licence. You take a one-day course, you drive around some bollards. <laughs>
0: no. And then
1: you get on the road for, like, ten minutes. Like, an empty road. And then, like, there you go, mate, you can drive. Good to go. It is fucking mad. So you get people who are like, I've never driven in England. Never been in a car. I haven't even really been in a city or the country for, like, over, like, a month. They get a license. They're some kind of Uber drivers, so they're absolutely insane, they got fucking headphones in. They're chatting to their pals, and they're like, they're insane. It's dangerous.
0: But that, but that's the thing because um, so many of these Uber drivers are from different countries where the driving etiquette is just so different. Yeah. Like for instance, when I was in Nepal. Yeah. They literally just fucking drive. They just drive and hope for the best. They it's just, mad. You know, like.
1: Yeah, I, I remember driving a, a moped in Indonesia. And it felt like the more risky you were, the more people the, people expect you to be really reckless. So it's like almost safer to be reckless. That's what people are expecting. It felt like. Yeah. It's crazy.
0: Right. I wanted to ask what you would what you consider the best advice you've ever received, and what's the worst advice you've ever heard.
1: I don't know what the worst advice I've been given is. You don't really. You tend to like. You tend to sort of, clock onto when it's shit advice. You, you, you tend to want to forget shit, guys. Try and tell me what my
0: question is, shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, Maybe no,
0: no. <laughs>
1: uh, what's the worst advice I've been given? My dad. This is sort of slagging off my dad, a bit. Okay, talk loudly because that,
0: that washing machine is fighting. Uh, yeah, to and right. it's not going to stop. So airtime.
1: <laughs> my dad, when I went to school, my first air at boarding school, he said, "Don't get bullied. Be the bully." <laughs> no, he
0: didn't.
1: He did. I think he was joking. I mean, I remember my mum hitting him. It was a joke, bro. That's the worst advice I've ever Be a fucking buddy. Oh, A friend of mine once started reading. Um, is that really loud?
0: Uh, Shall I check? Shall I listen to it? I think it might be. Okay. Let right. Let's go back. Right. Um, so, what would you say is the best advice that you've ever heard?
1: Best advice I've ever heard. Um, um, I think the best advice. I remember a friend of mine saying, like, never compare yourself to anyone.
0: Comparison is the thief of joy.
1: Is that is that who's that who said that
0: i don't know but, that's a good one that's a it's like an old wives quote
1: yeah well i mean that's uh, spot on i know but i think i was i think we were out i think i was talking about you know, this person's on that when they were this age and this person's on that yeah and he's like it's the worst thing you could possibly do is compare yourself to someone else because you're i mean, it's that whole thing you have no idea what
0: no it's so true what's
1: going on you can look at someone who's like most successful in the world. they can be completely miserable or like you never know you know so like, I've got people who've like friends who have become quite successful yeah quite quickly or have done like big things and then it's been like and it's completely it hasn't worked for them not like professionally but like emotionally with their personal lives it's completely like ruined things or they're, they're completely miserable so you know, you know you, I suppose it's like whatever's best for you whatever everyone's different basically
0: yeah, and I think everyone needs different things to feel happy, and actually that's mm. something that I wanted to explore in this podcast, um, what like happy means to different people in their twenties, because yeah. especially in this period where it's kind of like a decade of like working out what, yeah, what is happy. What's
1: being, yeah, that's what we all want. You
0: know? Yeah, everyone's mm. obsessed with it, we're, we're all nuts for it, we just want it.
1: We do love happiness, though. I mean, happiness is great. That's probably why <laughs> Happiness is a lot of fun.
0: I love being happy. I
1: love being <laughs> happy, man. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to, it's hard to know what.
0: But when, when are you your happiest? Mm. Would you say?
1: Luckily, okay. I enjoy my work. I think when work is going well, I'm, I'm very happy. When I'm really, when I feel like I'm working hard. I feel like I'm producing good work with yeah. good people. When I'm in like um, when I'm doing something exciting, yeah, work-wise, I, that makes me happy. When I feel like I'm doing well, I'm like reaching
0: my potential. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but
1: also I mean on the reverse, like I think for simple things like having a pint with with pals, having a good time, nice days. Yeah. Um, yeah I think I mean things that make everyone happy yeah random little things having friends around yeah Yeah.
0: cigarette in the sun
1: cigarette in the sun yeah nice beer man. (laughs) yeah Um, fucking holidays yes holidays are fun having fun having fun they come (laughs) out
0: yeah Yeah. so does that make it quite difficult when you like in those periods where you haven't got any work going Mm. on Mm. Yeah. How do you feel your time when you when you haven't got a job going on?
1: I try and work. I'm awful at like well, I, well, the last job I did I ended, ended in August and I didn't work. I didn't do any day job for ages so I, I got into like money like I just didn't have any money. And I feel like I've been working to get even again to get back on because it can like fucking it can, especially living in London if you don't work and you're spending in London for a month before you know it you're Fucked.
0: I mean, oyster costs, expenses, oh, yeah. Yeah. before you even paid for wherever you're going and whatever you're going to do.
1: Yeah, I'm, I got a credit card as well, and you start being like, it's fine, the job's around the corner, So I just put, and then you're like, fuck, maybe it's not, and i yeah. got to pay all this money off. So I try and work as much as I can, so little jobs here and there, like Christmas trees, shoe-shining,
0: which is <laughs> ridiculous, shoe-shining. shoe-shining.
1: Yeah, I've been shoe shining.
0: That's quite fun. Yeah, I do like it <laughs> actually. I mean, it's not like a much. I bet you meet like, the most interesting people because I'm sorry, but who in this day I and age gets their mate. shoes
1: shine? Insurance <laughs> brokers. So, yeah, not the fucking not the most interesting people.
0: I just don't know anyone who, if they needed their shoes shined, wouldn't just go and buy a nice, some uh, shoe a bit polish. polish. bit of kiwi. Yeah, I mean, we all had it when we went to school. Little, whatever it is. You rub it on your. No, a little, a little
1: yeah, brush, brush and some. It's quite fun, and actually. I find it really satisfying. I really yeah. like shining shoes. Because you come out, a shoe comes in grubby. Yeah. You put a little bit of bit of water on there, wipe it all off, put a little bit of polish on, give it a buff, give it a rub, and then it's a beautiful, shiny new shoe. It's very satisfying. Sounds good. Like you see it. your work. You know, you see the you see the fruits of your labour shining back at you.
0: Did you have to do a course for this?
1: No, I have had got ten minutes. <laughs> Charlie, the guy who runs a shoe show, she'll be able to do it, and then you're in. Yeah, because I've been doing a bit of um, selling, I'm selling dog food. <coughs> this is the type of shit you do. You're oh like my food.
0: God, I bumped into you when you were selling Freddy's flowers. That's right, yeah,
1: yeah. I sell some Was that lucrative? Trees. It was lucrative,
0: yeah. Because I see a lot of people, and do you know what, they are always quite similar people selling these Freddy's oh, flowers. Oh yeah,
1: it's like... It's like
0: Barber coat.
1: Barber coat. Posh, charming,
0: Doc Martens or something. <laughs> yeah,
1: little, basically out of work actors. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it works. The the company I'm working for now is like a similar thing. you sell subscriptions, and they they try and only really get actors in.
0: Yeah, what because means. I when I've spoken when I've worked at places before, they've always said, that, "No, that's not where I heard it." I had a friend who was in the National Youth Theatre, right? And she said at the audition, they said even if you they said you know being an actor isn't easy you're not always going to have work mm. but you'll always be able to find some form of work because actors are the sort of most extrovert charming like you're, actors are good at customer service yeah. they're good at like, getting a job done well I said this the
1: other day I was like we're well, always quite lucky being actors because there's so many things that are tailored so many jobs that are tailored for actors to yeah. do but then it's like actually that's like the best of a bad situation Yeah. you know it means that you are out of work <laughs> and you do have to get these packing jobs or' you're selling dog food on the street. Or shining shoes.
0: And is it worth it?
1: Worth what? Doing the acting?
0: Yeah.
1: It's hard, it's hard having something that you love doing. Right. And that sometimes you get to do it and it's the best thing in the world. You're like, this is never going to end. And then two months later, you actually cannot do that. Yeah. It's not like painting where you can just get a canvas and you can paint whenever you want. Or being a musician... Where you can be in a band and you can play whenever you
0: want. Right.
1: What we enjoy doing is performing in front of an audience. So I can't just get on a random stage anytime I want and start performing something. You've got to be trusted. Someone's got someone's gotta let you do that. And it's hard to get someone to let you do that. Because there's so many of us who want a lot of and there's not a huge amount of jobs. There's so many people there's a lot of actors. Yeah. So it's 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 hard not being able to do what you really, really wanna do all of the time. I mean, I know some people who are fantastic actors who have gone two years without working. That's fucking hard because then you go, is this how I want to live? Like, actually just being a bit desperate, waiting for the phone to ring, making our like, ends meet in I mean, the that's meantime. A... And if I do get a job at the end of this, what's saying that I don't go another two years after that with not getting a job?
0: Yeah. So it's um, quite, yeah. That's quite difficult. Is it difficult to sort of stay loyal to the dream?
1: You do, <laughs> to dream it. Yeah, yeah. You. I mean, I suppose you do like... I, my philosophy is that, like, if I if I never stop doing it, yeah, eventually, I'm pretty sure it will start being fairly stable. You get to know more people, but then also, like, the industry, the pools of the industry change. Like, in ten years' time, they'll be completely there will be completely new directors, new cast directors, new actors. So actually, like, the relationships you make sometimes, you know, have a have a shelf life. Yeah. So there's no saying, yeah. but I I think that if you just keep on going, eventually it will work out. Like things will work themselves out. I think also down the line you'll find an important thing is having another career or like a trade or a skill or something you can come back to. Shoe shining. Shoe shining. Let your passion about
0: shining. like shoes. Stacking shelves in Tesco. Like stacking
1: shelves in Tesco. Uh, there's, yeah. <laughs> there's
0: nothing more relaxing.
1: There's nothing more relaxing than getting the cannelloni beans no. perfectly on top of each other. Well oh, no I road. I
0: worked at Everness a few Christmases. My dad yeah. my dad's come in um to say hi before and he says, Jemima, I have never seen anyone look more miserable <laughs> than you. I <laughs> thought you were saying I've <laughs> never
1: seen anyone so skilled at <laughs> so,
0: this, No, so well, maybe he said skilled. I don't know. I'm pretty sure he said miserable.
1: <laughs> skilled
0: but miserable. <laughs> um Yeah, stacking those shelves. Oh no, it doesn't sound. Oh, it's a bit monotonous. Yeah. I think shiny shoes is a bit more interesting because you can chat.
1: You do have a little natter, yeah. Um, you work for those tips.
0: So who who inspires you? How, how do you stay motivated? Who, have you? Is there anyone that particularly inspires you? I don't Is someone... Who, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise? No. I'm no I'm <laughs> who would you listen to if they were like, let me give you a bit of advice?
1: I mean, loads of people. Any, like, literally anyone. <laughs> anyone who knows what they're doing. Fucking yeah, give me some advice. Go on. I don't think anyone... Okay,
0: for the sake of the podcast, could you... you It's terrible, terrible listening. (laughs) I I don't think... I don't know if
1: there's like a specific person that comes to mind when I think... I mean, I think of people I've worked with who are like Mm. incredibly dedicated and who work fucking hard. I think it's easy to... It's easy to like be trusted with a job and then just the fact that you've been trusted with that job, that they think you can do that job.
0: Right.
1: That you think the job's done and that you're there. And then you can just do it. I think people who get there and then, and then the effort starts, I think you know, they're the people who, who make a difference and who, are like, who sacrifice a lot. I've worked with people who, who don't, who, you know, who sacrifice all their time, their energy, relationships, everything gets put on the back burner, which isn't necessarily the healthiest way to live, but it's kind of inspiring seeing someone sort of dedicate themselves completely every aspect of their life yeah. into, into this one thing, into one project you know, people who are, who are that passionate and that work for the team, you know, it's for the show, it's for mm-hmm. the, for, the, for what you're doing. And I think people, I've got friends one we who have, like, been out of work. I mean, it's the thing people say, if you're out of work and you want to work, make your own work. So I've got friends, my girlfriend included, who've written amazing plays, like one woman plays, one man plays, and have, like, fought tooth and nail to get them into the right space at the right time at the Fringe. Mm. And I created the show themselves and then perform it themselves. It's like so brave.
0: It and is so brave. It's so
1: fucking brave because it's all them. You know, you, there's no blame.
0: You also, can't buy when it was a shit because it's all direct high. to fuck
1: me up. It was like because, it's all them. You know. Well,
0: the sticks are high because it's so bloody expensive. Yeah, because yeah, I yeah. mean, I've I've written a play and Have I want. To, yeah, it's called Email Is the Future.
1: <laughs> okay, and 20 years too late.
0: The tagline that's the joke. Yeah. The tagline is email's like smoking. Absolutely addictive. <laughs> and it's we'll just, see now. It just it's just like an About hour emailing. of taking the piss out of email. Okay. I'll read it, I'll send it to you. I, yeah, think no, you dude, I think you quite like it.
1: There's probably something in that.
0: It's really funny. I know that it's my <laughs> face and make, I'm not allowed to say, say so it. But I read it and I it makes me laugh.
1: Like well, that's a good sign, man.
0: Yeah, I wrote. I actually wrote it with a friend of mine. Um,
1: Brilliant. Email what was it? Email, email. Email
0: is the future.
1: Email is the future. I actually love the sound of it. Sent it over.
0: Um, one of the things is like, so I've sent you a, a something called a JPEG. If, <laughs> if if this has worked, I understand if your mind is
1: blown. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds fucking niche.
0: It's so niche, but actually after this, I'll read you some. Yeah, do. Um,
1: um, yeah, I, I think it's so impressive. People so making com- their own work. Yeah. Like, but people who get shit done.
0: Yeah, well, the thing is, what I was saying about the Fringe is that I was looking into getting mine at the, um, there this summer because I was in a play at the Fringe last last summer. Yeah, and it was so much fun.
1: Yeah, it was amazing. amazing.
0: It was it was the best two weeks ever. Yeah. And um, but you know, you have to pay for a venue. You have to pay for your publicity. You have yeah. to work out where you're going to stay. Every uh, there's such a bullfight to get anything. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't. I don't really want. You know, to be having my play on at 11 o'clock at night.
1: I know. God. Like, I <laughs> to a friend of mine when I was at the Fringe who was doing a play with his uni. And he said, oh, can I come to my show? I was like, yeah, fantastic. What is it? It's like, it's just pity she's a whore at 12.30 in this little cave. In the in, in the, the morning. At night. It, right. Yeah, 12.30 at night. I mean. I'm like, are you, I'm, I was like, I'll see you there, buddy. <laughs> Fuck no.
0: I just know. you like, how are you doing that? And he's got, he's got a smile on his face. I'm like, how are you doing that? Just to be able to, I suppose maybe for him it's just to be able to say my play was at the fringe.
1: There you go, yeah. Oh, but always doing it. Maybe just, even if it's two but people, you're just not going to get the maybe audiences just, you need. It's or... his aunt and cousin in the audience, just two people. He's happy. He's doing it. Yeah. But yeah, fine. I don't
0: think I'd even have my cousin there if, I, if mine if was at twelve thirty. I'll be there, man. <laughs>
1: Email is the future. I'll be there front Email row. Email is the
0: future. I'm, yeah. I'm really excited about my play, actually.
1: So right, get me involved.
0: (laughs) Anyway, um right, what was I had one last question. Okay. This is it. You ready? Yeah. (laughs) What do you ultimately think what do you ultimately want? What does the like ideal life situation look to you look like to you?
1: Um, I mean all the all the things.
0: Mm.
1: I guess all the things everyone wants, I think. Family, a nice place to live, money, <laughs> fucking money. Give me money. That's <laughs> literally that's, that's that's what I want, money. And a good career, like a job, jobs, good jobs, a good, not worrying, not worrying about what's, what's next, mm. or what I have to do. Like, I guess stability, isn't it? It's it's being, it's being stable, not, not feeling not feeling like you're on a knife edge I mean I but I don't know god fuck it you're in your 20s well, who knows who yeah. fucking knows like that's the thing I might not want that in a year's time so I don't really I don't really think because oh god I mean like who knows even how to achieve that right now
0: it does seem a bit distant doesn't it's it so
1: distant I'm fucking day to day
0: hand to mouth <laughs> <laughs> literally
1: hand to mouth day to day yeah, I mean, it's so hard to think of, like... I mean, I suppose you get to the age now where, like, you're thinking about saving up for a house and eventually for, like, a family. It's like, it's like I can't even I can't afford to go on a fucking holiday like, what?
0: <laughs> How can I be thinking about that? I know, I've got some really stressful friends who are doing these, like, not grad not even grad schemes, internships, and being paid like ten grand for ten weeks what? at J.P. Morgan, yeah, and yeah, you know, yeah. soul destroying, but they're making all this money, putting it away. You know, I've got this friend who's like thinking about what the first property she wants to buy is going to be, and yeah. I'm just and like she's an August baby in twenty. Like, That's it mad. makes me feel very it's, stressed. I've got the
1: same. My the friends I live with now, um, one Toby's a cameraman, and he's like. He's always been very frugal and works works really hard. I mean, like Toby, like as someone who inspires me, like my pals inspire me. Yeah. Like they, but he's, yeah, he's looking to buy a house now. He's like, it's he got it sorted. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. I was like, I went to see Hamilton. Look at me, bang my Yeah. I was like, yo, I, was like, I went to see Hamilton. It was fucking brilliant. I managed to get this free ticket. And he was like, yeah, I'll book it. And she goes online, she's like randomly books So how much the ticket? It's like, you're fucking joking. (laughs) Like, that's like 150 quid. He's like, yeah, fucking easy. Yeah. But then it's like, also, I think his job's very fucking stressful. Yes. And like, it takes up his, like, all of his, all of his time.
0: And he's probably there, like, 10, 12 hours a day. Yeah,
1: for sure. For sure. He's got no, you know, we don't see him that much because he's constantly working. So it's like... Grass is always greener, basically. Yeah. I think whatever works, whatever works for you.
0: It's almost like a point, I always think of it as a sort of points thing, you know, like where you've got points in one area you lack them in the other, because yeah. you're only allowed like 20 points or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he might get five points for the amount of money he's got, but he but might he's a be... a boring motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. Maybe he's got tinnitus.
1: Yeah, and he's ugly as hell. <laughs>
0: yeah. He's not. Or dandruff. He doesn't. Athlete's foot. He's fine. Ugly girlfriend. Really pretty. Right. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing well. <laughs> He's what is
1: his number <laughs> um, I'll wait around and watch him in. Yeah. Yeah, but that comes back just, just like, to comparing yourself to other people. Yeah. Like, I think it all evens out in the end. As long as you don't fuck it up too bad. As long as you have <laughs> like a gambling addiction. Yeah, put crack to one side. Yeah. Close the gambling profiles. Yeah. Work hard.
0: Play hard. Play hard. <laughs> well yeah, okay. Well that's that's all that's all I wanted to talk to you about now. Cool. Thank you for being on my podcast.
1: Absolute pleasure. All
0: right. Say bye. Bye. <laughs>